listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. about uh, the most important thing in your relationship with God, and uh, I want to start off by, I want to use a passage in the Old Testament, which happens to be one of the most famous passages for a Jewish person in the whole Old Testament, okay? They would pray this almost every morning, every, temp, uh, every time they go to the temple, they would say this, they would use this passage, and I've got $10 for anybody who can guess the chapter in the Old Testament. Raise your hand if you want to take a guess. No. No? Anybody else? You got you to tell me the, the book and the chapter for $10. If you just get the book, then I'll give you, um, I'll give you a high five afterwards. Not you. Name your five, no? Okay. No. Two more. No. 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 I was here. Deuteronomy what? Chapter three. You're the only one that gets. You're the last one that gets to guess. It isn't Deuteronomy. If you guess the chapter, I'll give you ten dollars. Hurry. Three. Shh. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. What's your name? Molly. Molly All right, Molly. Deuteronomy, one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament for a, for a, for a, for a Jewish person. Deuteronomy. Oof. Deuteronomy 6. Alright. Okay, they called it the Shema. They prayed it all the time. I'm going to read you a passage from this. And you'll see why it's the most important thing, because they knew this was all about, at the core, what it meant to have a relationship with God. Listen to this. It says, Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verse 4, if you've got your Bibles. Hear, O Israel. Anybody got a page number on that? Deuteronomy 6. 86. 87. 176, 87, somewhere in between that, somewhere between zero and a hundred and thousand million. Okay, here we go. Shh, listen. Deuteronomy 6, 4, chapter, four uh, chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. 
the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand. They shall be on your frontlets before your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you didn't build, and houses full of good things that you didn't fill, and cisterns that you didn't dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant when you eat and you are full, then take care that you, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by His name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. All right, it's a reading of God's Word. It is straight from Him, like He wrote you a love letter. Straight from the God who created you. It's Deuteronomy 6. Okay, let me ask you a question. Um, and it's only serious answers here, okay? I want to know, what do you, if you had stopped to think about it and you said, what do your parents want most from you? Okay? Raise your hand. The first thing that comes to mind, what do your parents want most from you? Be successful. Be successful, okay? Obedience. That's right. Anybody else? Love. What? Love. Love, okay. Follow the right path. Those are good answers. Okay, anybody playing sports in here? Okay, what, is your, what would you think, what does your coach most want most of you? What's that? Play well? Play hard? Be stronger? Give 100%. Give your all? Be the greatest you can be. That's right. That's good. Now let me ask you this. The first thing that comes to mind, what do you think God wants most from you? Okay. Okay. Accept Jesus. Love him. Good night. You guys, I don't even need to talk. You already got the right answer. We'll just close it up. Let's pray. I'm just kidding. I'm going to talk. You guys are so well trained in here. It's great. You're, you're exactly right. It's all over this passage, right? It says, um, The Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all of your what? All of your heart, with all your soul and all your might. These commands I have for you today shall be on your heart, not best behavior. You know, yeah, I thought you were going to say like obedience. So God wants your heart. What in the world does that mean? Anybody like zombie movies or shows? You know? Do you think that that's what it means? Like God wants literally your heart? Like he's like, here's my heart, um, that's not what he means, right? But it's not really obvious. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Um, we're going to talk about that today. What does it mean that God wants your heart? Because it is one of the most important things in the whole Bible, that God wants your heart. Um, and I think it means like this. You think about, we're close to NASA over there, Cape Canaveral. Uh, NASA, what would you think of the heart of NASA? What? Yeah, well... Uh, even without the shuttle, it's what? What controls the shuttle? It's the, it's the whole control center of NASA, right? That's the heart of NASA. You think of the CIA, maybe it's like the headquarters of, um, of, of the CIA or the FBI or something. 
Your heart is the, it's like the, the seat of all your thoughts, all your desires, the headquarters of your emotions, and, and all your actions come from your heart. Anybody seen Lord of the Rings or read any of those books? Okay, some of you. Who's the, who's the guy who loves the ring the most? Gollum. If you know him, he's like this creepy creature, and he goes around, he's just seeking after this ring with all of his heart, and that's the only thing he wants. And he calls it, he always calls it my my precious. Why? Because that's a, it consumes him. It's the only thing he wants. It's the thing that's most important in all of life to him. It's pressure. It's precious to him. And so this, so our heart, our heart, your heart, listen to this. Your heart has a picture of what is precious in life. Your heart has a vision of the good life. Your heart has a, a picture of what is going to make you most happy in life. Now, you may not think about that all the time, but right now, your heart has inside of it a picture of what is going to really make me happy and fulfill me. What is my precious? And we start each day with our heart. With like, picture your heart like a cup. And it's like, it's, got, it's like about this full, like a solo cup, you know, one of these big cups or whatever. It's like this full. Um, and you need to fill it. You have a vision in your head. What will fill my cup this day? And, and you desire it. You go after it. And what is that? That is, that, whatever it is, that describes what you love. That describes what your heart loves and wants most. And there's all kinds of examples of that, what that could be. What, what are some of the things that that could be? Maybe even be good things. What, what are some things that your heart may crave or, or want to fill it with? Yeah. Video games. Video games, all right? Sports. What's that? Sleep. Amen. Reading books. Food. What's your favorite food? What? Wings. Hey, Hold on. Val- Amen. Validation. Like you want to be liked, you want to get approval. Money. Yeah, absolutely. Success, good grades, those type of things. Um, you know, you want to be cool, you want to be liked, all kinds of things like that. Look, so when it says in this passage, it says God wants your heart. This is what it means. It, he says, God wants you to love and desire him above all those things you just named. Okay? That's what it means in this passage. God wants your heart. When it says in that passage, God, want, God wants your heart. He wants you to love him more than anything else in life. It's, that's pretty simple to say. It's pretty simple to understand, but it's pretty hard to live out because the honest truth is we love a lot of things more than God. So what are some of those things? The first things you might think of, sometimes you think of loving bad things, right? Um, There's all kinds of bad things. I'm not going to ask you what those things are, but everybody knows there's certain things in life that are just, you know, really displease God. They're the things that nobody knows you're doing, you do in secret, or you think in secret, and, and you're like, you know, these are things your heart goes to, and you're like, I know God is displeased with that, um, but I just love it. Why do you do it? Because you think it's going to make you happy. It makes some kind of promise to you. It whispers in your ear, this will make you happy, so you do it anyway. That's something your heart loves. And that, those, are, those things can be pretty da- dangerous, uh, because you always, in the end, say that's, that end up that didn't satisfy me. It didn't fill my cup. But the most—that's not the most dangerous things. The most dangerous things are the good things y'all named. 
Here's what I mean. Deuteronomy 6, uh, look in your passage 10 through 14. It has all these good things in it. It says, when you go into the land, so God promised the, um, the God, his people that he's going to give them this land. He says, it's going to be incredible. God wants it to be incredible. God wants his creation to be incredible. He wants you to maximize your pleasure in enjoying life. You know that? That's true. It's like the Garden of Eden. He, he made the earth like that. So he says he, he's redeeming. He redeemed. He brought his people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And he says, I'm going to give you an incredible land. He says in this passage in verse 10, you're going to have good cities. I mean, it's like, I want these cities to be incredible. It's going to be like Chick-fil-A on every corner. I mean, you know, can you imagine? Um, I want everything. There's going to be, I want you to have all the amenities. I want you to have swimming pools and, and tennis courts and bike lanes. And I want these cities to be incredible. And then in verse 11, it says, I want you to have houses full of good things. Hey, can you picture God saying this to his people? I mean, he says, I want your houses to have like, the best PlayStation, Nerf gun arsenals, a what? closet full of, of nice clothes and what? Froyos? A Froyo station built into the wall. Yes. All right. Shh, 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 shh. Stay with me. So then he says, I want outside your house, I want you to have cisterns and vineyards and eat. He says, I want you to eat and be satisfied. Okay, shh. I want you to be eaten and be satisfied. So he wants you to open a refrigerator and you've got like the best steaks to go on the grill. Uh, you got you got your your best pizzas, mac and cheese and chicken wings. Do you think of God wanting those things for you? Okay, so there you go. Now, then he says in verse 12 though, he said, but, here's a but. Be careful. Take care because he knows what you're going to do when he give you, gives you those things. And to the degree that you have any of those things that you name that are good things, he says, he says to your heart right now, take care. Lest you do what? What does he say in verse 12? Make an idol of them. What does he say literally? I don't know. Who has the Bible? Verse 12. I don't know. Okay, shh, hold on. What does he say? Don't forget the Lord. What he's saying is, it's very possible when he gives you good things, and you're probable, that you're going to love those things more than God. Watch your heart. See, here's the thing, guys. The greatest danger for most of us is not loving bad things. The danger is loving too many good things too much. To try to fill our heart every day with, with things in the world, good things, but we look to those good things to fill our cup and we forget God. We just leave little room for God. And, and just, I want you to take this seriously. Hold on. Hey, girls, listen. Is that true of you? I mean, isn't it true? I, I know it's true of me a lot of days, but I want you to think of the seriousness of that. Replacing God with something else like chicken wings <laughs> or video games or books. How how petty is it? How petty is it? So Jeremiah has a great illustration for this. The book of Jeremiah. So in that day, there were no water fountains 
or like or sinks or anything like that. So if they got really thirsty, they went out and played sports. It was really hot Florida day back in that time. They didn't have like you know a water station to go to. What they did was they would collect rainwater in these things called cisterns, and they dug these cisterns in rocks. And uh, it would collect all the rainwater, and they would waterproof it, line it with, like, plaster to waterproof it. Uh, and one of the worst things for them was when they were really thirsty, and they would, they would go, they were really thirsty, and they'd go to these cisterns that were supposed to be filled up with cold water from, that they'd collected, and then all of a sudden they found out it's cracked. And all the water has done what? Just seeped on out, and it's all dry. And so Jeremiah says, is using this as an illustration. He says, listen, here's the thing that y'all have done to God. He's calling them out. He's speaking to their hearts. He says, listen. He says this in verse chapter 2, verse 13. My people have committed two evils. Now this is in like, my people have committed um, two kind of little bad things and a little kind of, you know, a little naughty I'm not, not happy about. No, two evils. They have forsaken me. There's that word. They've forgotten me. The fountain of living water and they've hewn for themselves, they've made for themselves broken cisterns that hold no water. And he's, what he's saying is, it's a picture. He's saying, I am God in a way that I, I'm the fountain of living water. It's not like you have to wait for rain. It's like a cistern that is full of the ice cold water. Picture walking through a desert and you find an oasis of lit, like cold water that you can drink from and bathe in, and it just nurses every part of you, your thirstiness. And God's saying, I want to nourish your thirsty soul like that, an endless supply of all your heart needs to satisfy you and make you happy. And yet, we take our cups over to other things, our little cracked cups, and, and, and say, when I, I wake up and I say, I really think this is going to make me happy today. And I'm going to go hard after it. And we do good things like play sports and read books and try to make good grades and try to be liked or try to get a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and say, and then, and then all of a sudden we realize, boom, oh, we, at the end of the day or at the end of a week, we say, man, that water just leaked on out. I feel empty. It didn't satisfy me. So listen, your heart is what's called, someone else said famously, it's God-sized. Your heart is, 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 is not like a solo cup. It's like the size of God, and therefore can only be filled with what? God. Something as big as God. And, and the, if you all learn that now, you will save yourself so much heartache in going after other things that just seep out the cracks of your heart, and you wake up empty again, morning after morning. So your heart, it seeks after glory. You know, to be, to be approved of, and liked, and can anyone on earth fill that the way it's meant to be filled? I promise you, no boy or no girl or no one will ever fill that like, because your heart is God-sized and it's size of glory. For, for beauty, it's God-sized. Uh, only the beauty of God will fill it. The, for power, for love, only the power and love of God is big enough to fill that cup in your heart. And the worst part about this, guys, is the more you... Uh, don't believe this and your heart, you know, you leave here today or, or when you get into high school or whenever and you go after other things, you try endlessly to fill your cup with things that are just leaking on out. Um, the, the worst judgment is God says, all right, I'm going to leave you to that. 
you go after it. And he gives you, gives you over to that. Um, and, and somebody wrote one time a paragraph about this. He says, um, he says Any, anything else you try to love more than God will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, uh, if they are the real, where you tap the real meaning in your life, then you'll never have enough, you'll feel like you never have enough money. You'll never have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time again starts showing, you will die a million deaths before they plant you in the ground. Worship power, and you'll feel weak and afraid. You'll always need more power over others. Worship being seen as smart, and you'll always feel stupid, um, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. The dangerous thing about these forms of loving other things is not that they're evil or sinful, is that they're, they're unconscious, meaning you don't think about it all the time. They're default settings of our heart, though. It's the kind of worship you always slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without being fully aware that it's what you're doing. So do y'all, do y'all sense that? I just want you to take this seriously for one second and realize, have you not woken up at the end of the, uh, beginning of the day and said, I think I'll be happy if I get that. And at the end of the day or at the end of that week, you feel like, gosh, my, my solo cup of my heart was just, it just empty. It just seeped out. And you have a decision to say, maybe it was the wrong thing or maybe I just didn't get enough and I'll go hard, against, I'll go half, hard after that again. I'll try to get more of that. I'll try to be better at that. I'll try to get more of that. Or maybe it's the wrong person or whatever. And you always try to fill your heart with something that's not God-sized. So God wants you to enjoy his good things, but he does not want you to love them more than God. So what do we do about this? Let me offer two things. You're going to go to your small group and discuss this, but let me me offer two things. Number one is to identify, really be aware of your potential things that you love more than God. Okay? And so there are some questions you're going to look at in your small group, and and, and I just ask you to take these seriously. Uh, They're they're really good ways to identify these things in our hearts. So it's going to say things like, it's going to ask you to look at, what do you daydream of? Like, what do you think of throughout school? I know it's like, some, you know, half the time you're in math class, you're not thinking about math. You're daydreaming of something else. Uh, what do you think about most? What do you desire? What do you really want most in life? Um, emotions. What, what, do you, what causes your emotions to spin out of control? These are areas you can look at to see what do I really love most? Um, anxiety. What causes you most anxiety? What do you most fear losing? What makes, makes you most angry? It usually points to something you love. Uh, What do you pray for most? Um, What do you spend the most time on or money? Um, And then there's some possible things like approval, being liked, or your image or your beauty. Comfort or pleasure might be one. Having lots of stuff. Sports, being good, helping out your performance. Uh, Relationships, friends, boy or girlfriend. And there might be something else, but... Um, identify this in your small group. What are your potential things you might love more than God? And then number two, this. You're going to have some questions around this, but I, I want to end with this. Just, um, it is so important as a Christian to preach the gospel to yourself. Um, and this is what I mean. There in Deuteronomy 6, it says, it starts off with it says, the Lord is what? The Lord is what? What's it say? Huh? He's God. The Lord is one. What do you think it means the Lord is one? That's that's exactly right. 
He's not talking about the Trinity here. Uh, Lord's God, one God. He's saying the only being in the universe that can fill your heart, your God-sized hole in your heart, is the one true God. He's the infinite God that can fill your cup. So I want you to picture one that you're standing. You go to the beach uh, this weekend. Just picture it. Okay? I think most people have stood at the, end of the, at, the, at the edge of an ocean. Picture yourself holding a solo cup at the edge of the ocean. Okay? And it's a little bit cracked. Okay? And you picture, you've tried to fill it up with, you know, a water bottle before seeped all out. And, you know, maybe another cup, a solo cup, and seeped all out. And then you walk into the ocean and you try to fill it up with the ocean. Okay? You just dip it down. Okay? Is it ever going to seep out? No. Um, think about, I mean, the depths of the ocean. Try, you fill your cup with the depths of the ocean. That is what God wants to do to your heart. He wants to fill it. He wants to satisfy your heart like you have no, you can't imagine increasingly in your life. Right now as a middle schooler and throughout your whole life. Jesus told the woman at the well, you know, remember the woman at the well this? She's trying to fill her heart with what? With relationships with other guys, with men. She had like five husbands and stuff like that. And she's so thirsty. Her, her soul is so thirsty. And Jesus comes along and says this to her. He, he says, um, He says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's not just talking about the water of the well. He's talking about what she's drinking and I'm trying to fill her cup with. He says, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. The water I give him will become a spring like an ocean of water that will well up to eternal life. And then he says later in chapter 7, he says, he just says this in general to everyone. He says, if anyone thirsts, guess what he knows? He knows everyone is thirsty. Everyone tries to fill their cup with something else. But he said, come to me and drink. Listen, come to me. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. So what's, the, what's happening? Is water seeping out of your cup in this verse? Out of your heart is doing what? Is it seeping out like cracks or what is it doing what? Out of your heart is what? It's overflowing. Have you had moments in worship where you feel... Just think about this for a second. Because I think a lot of you are Christian, genuinely converted, and you've been either in church or at a time like this, and you've been singing something, and you've had a moment where you feel like, man, my cup just got filled up with something that's better than anything else I tasted. No one else, no parent, no relationship, no sport, no grade, no anything else could have filled my heart like that. Because that's the God that fills your heart. He can do that, and he wants to do that. He wants to your heart to overflow with living water. So, um, listen, he says later in, in Deuteronomy 6, he said, look, I'm the God who delivered you. Don't forget, I rescued you from slavery. And it's metaphorical. He's talking literally slavery from where? Egypt. From Egypt. But in the New Testament, it says slavery from what? Metaphorically. From sin, from, every, from the idolatry of your heart that tries to fill your cup with everything else. He says, don't forget that this is the whole reason Jesus came. is because in his heart, he was absolute. What filled Jesus' heart? What filled it up? You. 
The God of the universe, his heart was so filled. He didn't, he was so complete. God is one. He needed nothing. And yet he said, I am placing my heart on you. Because you are so precious. You're, so, you're my treasured possession. I'm going hard after you. So much so he'd be born in a stable. He'd become homeless. And he'd suffer a terrible death. So that all of your heart loves and idolatry and evils to be put on him. And he'd suffer what you deserve. So that your cup would be filled with all of him. And that was done for you. If if your faith is in Christ, that's what's been done for you. You're forgiven of all your other bad loves and loving good things too much. And now what's left for you in the heart of God is pure delight of you. And when you really get that in your heart, a delight of you by God, it does something to us. You know, you can still have a... Uh, you know, you can love sports, but you don't, you're not, you just don't love it too much. You can love reading and chicken wings, and, and you can have a, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife one day, but they're not going to be your God, and it's not going to crush you when something happens. You can be disappointed, because God's going to fill your heart like the ocean. So I want you to go in your small groups, I want you to identify, number one, identify what are your potential loves. More than God. And number two, I want you to preach the gospel to yourself through those questions, okay? All right, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for these, um, these students. Um, thankful for their attention, their respect tonight. Thankful for their honesty. Thankful for the fact that uh, you are working on this group. And uh, this isn't just, uh, I'm so thankful for games at youth group and hamburgers and cheeseburgers and things like that. They bring us such delight. But nothing can satisfy our hearts like you. And I pray they go into these small groups and be honest and they would enjoy you and leave youth group with a sense that their cup is full. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. No one leave. Thank you.